you had, you know, mom, a dad, you know, safety, family, love. That's that's all you had that level of stability. And then, you know, at seven, my father passed away on a tragic motorbike accident. Jeremy Delk is a serial entrepreneur with a passion for disrupting industries. Then you get money, but it doesn't buy you happiness. And that took a long time to, to really figure out. After amassing almost two million in his early 20s as a day trader, it took him only four days to lose it all. I lived a good portion of my life not letting anyone in. Delk Enterprises has holdings in biotech and healthcare, consumer brands, technology, building materials, and real estate development. I am who I am, and that's all you can be is the best version of yourself. His new number one best-selling book shares his reality of the good, bad, and ugly of entrepreneurship. Is there anything you'd say to him? Hopefully I did as good a job as you would. Before we begin today's episode, I would really appreciate a review on whatever podcast platform you're listening to this on. This helps to get the message out there to men and therefore encourage and inspire them to level up their life. So without further ado, this is the Modern Warrior Podcast. I am your host, Gavin Meenan. Thank you for tuning in. So Jeremy, you've become a man of phenomenal success in your life. I'm very interested to know about the foundations of what became of the man you are today. So where did it all begin? Yeah. I mean, I think it's a body of work, right? I mean, you know, to answer the question like specifically, I'm, you know, a, a small town kid from uh um, Bardstown, Kentucky. So we're known for, you got, you guys have the little Irish whiskey over there. You, you guys make that when we're done making good bourbon. And, uh, in this part of the world, you, we, we give you our, our, our barrels as, as we make some really good stuff and then over there, yeah. you guys make some the Irish leftovers. whiskey. Yeah. Yeah. The leftovers. <laughs> but, um, I like Irish whiskey too. Don't get me wrong. But, um, so yeah, so small town USA, Bardstown, Kentucky, and from, you know, fourth grade on a kind of prototypical, um, childhood um you know i always had this small town you know big fish small pond type of mentality where i always want to kind of go out and do more see more and be more um so that was again yeah fourth grade so what are you like 10 years old then i think somewhere in that range um then you've got early childhood which was um i've got a crazy memory and i don't know why but just you know it just it's, it's worked with me from you know probably two three years old um, hanging out with my father, grandfather, you know, going up, you know, playing in engine shops and car lots where they uh, were kind of, you know, building an entrepreneurial. And for the first six and a half years of my life, had a very nuclear, I think retrospectively looking at it, probably wasn't, there was a lot of things that weren't conventional, but as far as I knew from the young, you know, naive, you know, adolescent, not even adolescent child, really. Um, you had, you know, mom, a dad, you know, safety, family, love, and, you know, that's, that's all you had that level of stability. And then, you know, at seven, my father passed away, um, on a tragic motorbike accident. And that, I think that period from age seven to 10, before what I told you about in Bardstown was a very tumultuous relation, you know, you know, not relationship experience, right? So you go from having this nuclear you know, um, I guess cocoon around you, right. Of feeling safe. And your dad, my dad was the macho bravado. Like, you know, in my book, I talk about my dad kicks your dad's ass, right? Like we had that kind of like brazen peace. 
but like my mom and, you know, it was just, it was, it was everything that you think you would, would want and, and needed. And, you know, I had a younger brother and, you know, I was seven, he was two. And yeah, you go from a level of stability to hyper instability, right? So mother not working, having to go and get a job, night shifts, you know, aunts and cousins and grandparents coming over the house to stay with us, to watch us. You know, my mom's a young mother, lost the love of her life. She got married to my dad at 15 years old. Um, all she ever knew, right? And was love, you know, love of his life, you know, he, you know, two kids. And now, you know, went from a pretty nice house, middle-class America to a smaller house, to a smaller house, to an apartment, to a, to a shittier apartment. So um, that period in my life made me grow from, um, I'm in the epigenetic space now, so I can talk about chronological age versus biological age, but chronologically that seven-year-old um, probably developed into a, you know, a 10, 12, 14 year old uh, emotionally really quickly. Right. And that, you know, that accelerated um, from there. So um, I think that's through, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars and, 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 and a lot of hours on the couch of a, of a therapist. Um, I've retrospectively looked back and I think um, that's very much, you know, kind of what made me who I am today. Was there a significant moment there where you felt like you had overcome the death of your dad? As you talk about these hours, potentially years that you spent on the on the uh, psychiatrist's couch, was there anything there that kind of stuck out with you that began to change your thought process going forward? So, I mean, I think, yeah, there's a lot to unpack there. I, I think... Um, Throughout my journey, I think I had told myself a, a different, um, a, a different narrative, and it was it wasn't untrue. It was just something that I really missed, and you know, so m- much of my success and drive and ambition and not giving a fuck, like I will figure it out, like, and I don't have like you know, failure is not an option to me. Like I I had to because I I had no backstop, right? I had to go through and figure it out. So a lot of that I think was ingrained. Um, Number one, I wanted to make a lot of money. So I never had that instability. Like solve that. So you're safe, not safe. How do you save, you know, solve that stack a bunch of cash, right? Like, and so I don't have, you know, so my kids don't ever have to go through that. Like that was a function. Then you get money and there's some, obviously a lot of, you know, good things that come with it and, 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 um, uh, positive things that money can, can support you, but it doesn't buy you happiness. And that took a long time to, to really figure out as well. Um, I think it was that drive and that the understanding that, you know, you're not promised tomorrow was why I try to do so much so quickly and always wanted to go out and see more and say yes to everything and do experiences. And, and, and that's it. Cause because of that, um, so to answer your question on directly on, Hey, was it something that was really this aha moment to how, um, how it affected or how I overcame, you know, the passing of my dad, there, the the longest time, I think there was a period, a bigger period of my life than I've been alive where I kind of, you know, blame myself isn't the right word, but I had this level of guilt. I used to ride on the back, back of the bike with him, um, all the time, right on the, on the way home. So that night it was in November. And for, you know, in Kentucky, you know, you guys always have, you know, a little bit of rain and over, overcast in Kentucky, it could be 75 degrees in November, or it could be 25 that, that year in 1987, it was overcast and going to hail sleet and 
my mom's like, Hey, you can go to the shop and play, but you're coming home, right? You're not, you know, riding back with them. I'll pick you up afterwards. So there was a long period of my life, like, Hey, you know, would he have been safer or like those kind of things that, that you mess with? But then I think it was like, oh, well, if if I was spared, then that should be your reason of kind of going through. And like you, you, you especially when like I eclipsed his age um, with my own, like that was hard. But I think the this piece on the on the on the side with therapy that really kind of helped me. And I think, you know, we talked a little bit before we kind of went, went live and I think this will be applicable to a lot of your audience, right? That's kind of struggling with it is you have to first feel good about yourself and like who you are or like, you know, that level of vulnerability. So what I had been doing for a lot of period of my life, and if you want to hear about like sex, drugs, and rock and roll and all kinds of crazy stories, there's great stories about that. Cool. Great stories. Not a way to live a life, but pretty fucking cool. Um, but it was a really painful hurt guy that was doing that. And I was doing the inverse. I, um, because of that level of, of vulnerability that I had no choice but to deal with. Like you had your dad and then you don't have your dad. You have safety. You don't have safety, right? Like, you know, that level that I lived a good portion of my life, not letting anyone in, right? I have tons of acquaintances, right? I mean, you and I, like over two beers, you'll, you'll be my best friend. Like I had the the ability to be, you know, known and liked and 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 I and I like it as well. I like the engagement, but the moment, I felt threatened by you, you're fucking gone, like done. Especially like women, like I just would not let myself be vulnerable because if I never let someone in that could ever hurt me, I couldn't be hurt. <laughs> it's not a good way to live our life because actually then you actually have no true meaningful relationships, right? So it's a spoiler alert there, but that's that was a piece for me. And it was, it was that level of, um, for the aha moment with the therapy was like, it wasn't my losing my dad. It was actually watching my mom for those three years. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So that that was that was the piece because you know that's a tragic boom. Your dad's here is not here, but that's that moment. Um, what's a longer component of exposure is that three years of instability that you dealt with and were forced to kind of go through and then, and then, and then digging super fucking deep. And now I feel like I'm going to fucking send you a bill for, or you send you a check for fucking therapy, but digging even, even, even deeper than that. That's where this level of not wanting to be hurt, not letting anyone in and also not showing emotion. I wouldn't show emotion because like, I wanted to be like that strong, like, that, like you, like if you're an entrepreneur, you're CEO, like you have to be that macho bravado, like kind of go through. So that's that's what it resulted for me. But a big part of it was um, not trying to show, like I didn't want to sh- be upset to then like put that on my mom. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You felt you felt uh, like I had to protect res- her, responsible yeah, for her then, emotions. And, yeah, yeah, and she's already going through so much. Um, so like. If I'm upset, then that's just another thing for her to have to worry about. As opposed to like, hey, I'm sweet. I'm good. Um, meanwhile, back at the ranch, you're fucking not good. And you're going through. But that was that level of having to grow up and, and put it uh, put it yeah. there. Yeah. yeah, you're neglecting your own yeah. healing process throughout that whole for sure. journey of your life. Eh? So where did that lead you to? That your own personal neglect? Um, fuck. <laughs> 
multi multi-million dollar divorce fucking like they would choke johnny depp um i mean a, a lot of stuff right i mean so i mean there, there's bad things that let you to but um it, it probably time wasted that's what it, it it really led me to years of time wasted of not because like now the way i live it's a much better way of life right um some people listening may not like me cool fucking sorry right but i like me right but the people who like me fucking love me right because they know i'm authentic i am who i am and that's all you can be is the best version of yourself so now i i do live a vulnerable life with meaningful relationships and i'm you know strong but i can be aware my heart I, anyone asked me i'm probably the most most generous people a lot of people know but i wear my heart on my sleeve and that's something that, you know, I, I value my friends and, and family and that's who I kind of keep closely. So I'm living a much better level of life, but I can't get those years back and you can't dwell on it, but that's, uh, that's what it led me to is, you know, going through and, you know, going through a bad divorce and probably, you know, not being a great husband in my first marriage because I was, you know, um, I wasn't faithful. I was going through and I was replacing, um, you know, intimacy, um, sex, with love. Right. And that's two fucking different things. Right. And the next day it wasn't like, I was like proud of it. The next day you'd be like, fuck, I'm a piece of shit. You're big. You, you, you had this so set level of self-hatred. Then you go through and rinse and repeat. And then, you know, I know you talked a little bit about drugs and stuff. Like I would, you know, I didn't have like, Oh my God, I wake up in the morning and said life sucks. Like I, I, I wasn't that guy. Right. That's why I never even thought I had a problem with alcohol. Um, I don't need to drink. But when I do drink, I would go fucking complete. And I still am not the best all the time. Right? I'm not perfect. I think that's what it is. If I if I should have, I just stop forever. But that previous me would drink so much and it wasn't to forget. It was to feel. Does that make sense? Yeah. Right? Cause right. Like, yeah. So you wouldn't. Like most people, oh, I'm like, pit, well, was me. Like, dude, fuck off. I, I live a great life. I'm hard charging. I got two beautiful kids, successful. But I, look, I'm, I'm the picture perfect 500. I mean, you can, you, you can, you've them off my, my CV. That's all bullshit. I'm this hard charging guy. The reality is um, I wouldn't, you know, I, I didn't feel bad, but I, I, because I wouldn't let myself feel anything. So then it was that alcohol or drugs with the truth serum where you would be vulnerable. Like, Hey, you know, Gab, man, what you said the other day, it fucking hurt me, bro. Like there's not a way I would never say that shit to you, but like, now we're 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 doing you know shots of Jameson. I'm just gonna go everything back to Irish whiskey now. Uh, we're doing shots of Jameson, and and then now I could feel vulnerable because like my inhibitions have been lowered, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. Is there anything you would have done differently? Um, in what? Like, yeah, not do everything I did. Um, I think, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, you will. Like a lot. Well, I, I, I guess, and uh, yeah, another way to put that is like, uh, do you have regrets? Um, I don't have regrets. Uh, it's, it's tough. I'm uh, the regret thing. Um, I don't know that I have regrets. Um, very few, if any. Um, because look, that's part of the journey, right? I mean, everyone like there's good parts and the bad parts. I I, I look at them as mm -hmm. I'm agnostic to them. The good times and the bad times, like they're all part of the experience and they all part of the journey of life. Um. So no, I mean, because because then because there's always a trade off, right? Like maybe uh, I got married for the wrong reason the first marriage. I wasn't a great a great husband, so should I have not have done that? Well, then I wouldn't have two beautiful kids, right? So like I I, I don't I don't deal with regrets 
and, and really do that. I don't, I think life's way too short for it. I wish that I would have figured myself out earlier, but again, maybe I wasn't mentally able to figure yourself out then. You know what I mean? So I, I just, I, I just believe that, Hey, where you are right now is where you're supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Fuck it, period. Right. And you can't change that. All you can do is continue to try to be better every day. Yeah. If you allowed yourself to have a bit more self-compassion at an earlier age, where you could allow yourself to be helped. Yeah. I mean, all yin and yang, right? Mm-hmm. Would I have been would I have been so laser focused early on? Right. I mean, I think, you know, I I really think it's every every negative has a has an equal positive compound. It may not be completely in aligned in, in timing. A lot of my successes and failures have been. 10 years later when I'm like, oh, that's what that was for. Right. So I, I just don't think you can look at it that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And people try to look at it that way. And that's where I think that's a big lesson. Don't because you're not meant to figure it out right now and it's okay. But accepting that you don't know is, is much, I know, I know it's harder for some, if you haven't done it, but it's once you have the ability to master that it's a great tool right? Because you don't have to have it all figured out. I mean, the title of my book is without a plan. I've lived a pretty successful, very blessed, you know, life um, with a tons of ups and downs, but I lived it my way and I did it all without a plan, right? I had a direction where I wanted to go and just try to stay there to my true North, you know, that North star and, and uh, you're going to get off the track. Um, Mm -hmm. It's just we're humans, right? But as long as you can have that good self-talk and bring yourself back into alignment with what your kind of true purpose and goals are in life, then yeah. So if we were to take, say, three or four ingredients and blend them all up in order to create the type of success you have in your own life, what would those ingredients be? Yeah, well, I mean, so for me, um, but I think this shouldn't be for everyone, right? But for me, um, especially now I'm 42 years old where where I, where I am in my life, it's... Um, love and true relationships, just being your authentic self. Right. Um, I think that's so many people, especially in this world of social media, they just live fucking these fake lives. Right. Just like, if you can live like a true authentic self, because again, like I said, that your listeners, they don't like me. No one likes you. No one cares about you either. Right. And I don't mean that like hard, but like no one cares. Like if you fail or succeed, like that's all bullshit. That's you, you care. Don't be worried about what someone else is going to think because after few minutes they're not, they don't care because they, they're worried about themselves so if you can the quicker you can get to that realization the better um that's one then it's you know family and and experiences right with my kids and wife and you know just immediate family like just those types of of, of experiences you know whether they're going to europe or me and my son you know, drove to indianapolis to watch the two worst teams in football yesterday play and we had a great time we had you know, went to a steak dinner with all their other buddies and had a rite of passage with St. Elmo's, you know, anyone from the States that's listening, it's like, uh, it's more horseradish than cocktail sauce, but we just flew it over there and didn't know. And they all, their heads blew up, but like, that was a cool experience that he's going to fucking remember. Like, yeah, thanks dad. Um, so those type of things are, are, are super, uh, super important. Um, so that's family. And then I think the last for me business is curiosity and learning and, uh, always wanting to, to keep learning and, and 
that's what I do with business and my help and my coaching programs and stuff is, you know, seeing and helping people that when they're in it, sometimes you can't, you know, the whole analogy, you can't see the trees of the forest. You've got, you know, all these world, you know, ending problems and the sky's falling. And then I'm able to kind of come in there just with a different perspective. I'm not smart. I've just, you know, had 20 something years of experience, which has given me a little bit of a playbook. Like, yeah, well, I saw this and maybe, maybe try that. And, you know, mm. sometimes it works. You can find the opportunity within the problems. Well, yeah, that's all they are. All problems mm. are it's opportunities. You just, you just haven't seen them fully out. Yes. What has been the most difficult decision for yourself throughout this whole process? Um, well, I think personally was um, getting a divorce. That was, that was the, that was the hardest thing. You held on to that relationship for longer than you should have, or yeah, yeah, for for sure. Just because I because I, I wasn't doing I wasn't doing my ex wife any service, right? I just wasn't I wasn't a living up to my vows. wasn't a good part. I just it was that was bad, and she never knew it, right? That's the thing. It was all it was all very insulated, so she actually never knew until we got a divorce. But I dealt with it for fucking years, right? Um, the guilt and the 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 pain that I knew. If if she did find out who I was, um, in the relationship, I am who I am. But like how I wasn't being faithful stuff, it would have crushed her, and I felt bad about that. Um, but I I did it because I thought that's a I made a commitment, and which I wasn't living up to. But but B, um, the kids. I I really thought that I was going to fuck up the kids. Um, and yeah, that was that was the the hardest bit. And I got some good advice through 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 a through a colleague, and um, it was true, right? I, I definitely had to sell myself on it. But he he kind of basically said, "Hey, if you're if you are not in a and I don't say loveless, right? Because I don't want to be discriminatory, but we used to have that passion or that component where you were just like that's like your your thing. If you don't have that, then what your kids are going to grow up thinking marriage and love is." that's the example that you're setting from for them. And it's not just because we don't fight and curse and like, we're not an abuse. Like, wasn't, there wasn't anything toxic. It was just like a very vanilla type of thing that, um, and I would work long hours and I was probably just trying to escape because it wasn't there. That if that's the example you set, then that's what your kids are going to see. And that really hit me hard, especially for my daughter, right? So um, who's younger. So now I'm in a much different um probably harder my, my wife is now fucking pain in my ass I, and she'll I, I fucking yell at me for saying that but she fucking is um so like my last relationship like oh everything was cool going through but my wife she will kick my ass and, and put me in line or but i love her more than anything and try and, and i'm imperfect but i want to actually be perfect and i think that's when you know you have something when you actually want to be better right because we're all fucked right we're all just as humans we're all, all fucked up but when you genuinely love someone else you want to be your best version, not even for yourself, for them. And that's what I have. And then we've got the stuff where we joke and it's still, you know, years into it. Um, and the kids see that, right. And the kids go through and like, that's, so it did come out the other side of it. So, um, yeah, I, I wish I would have, um, I'm glad I did that. And that was, uh, that was, that was hard though. It was really hard. How is the relationship with your kids now contrasted with the relationship you had with them whilst you were married? Yeah, well, I mean, it's 
it's uh again you can tell yourself all these lies but i firmly believe this you know i when when you're you know and i wasn't a product of, of divorce I, I had you know married pregnant and then i lost one obviously but um i because i wasn't happy in the marriage you know i was working late i was going through and i probably didn't need to work late and i missed dinners and i was doing things so i was there as a dad and i was there weekends but i don't know how present i was where now I'm forced because by law, I have, against 50% of the time and my ex wife happens 50% of the time, you are going to make 100% of the time you get of the 50, right? So I'm a better, more present, like going through, I mean, I did drop off this, mo this morning and walk my daughter to school. Like I do pickups, right? I mean, we have nannies, right? But I do that shit. Like I don't go to the fucking grocery. That's not any value to me going to the grocery. I'd rather kill myself. But- <laughs> Um, but like, I'll pick up my kids. I'll go to recitals. I go to think I drove to Indy. I drove to, you know, so those things are, are important and you can always be more and more, more present. So I, I wish that I was better then that I was as present as I was now, but you can, you can't go back, but now it's, it's great. And you see that, that level of, of, of love and laughter and just of, of levity, right. Of with, as kids should be, right. They should have no care in the world. And I think we do a pretty good job of that. Yeah. Well done, man. Brave move. So if there is a man who is stuck in a similar scenario in his own life right now, it could be relationship, marriage, could be career, could be finances. What couple of nuggets of recommendations, don't want to say advice, recommendations or guidance could you offer this man? Yeah. I mean, I think the first thing is you have to really understand what it is you're not happy with. That's hard because surface is like, ah, fuck. I just, man, if I just had more money then you know, I had the, like, it, it's all, it's, it, I say often, it's fucking never the, the surface thing ever. It's never, oh, my wife's put on pounds or, Hey, I'm just, you know, I'm drinking too much. Right. It's never, ever the surface thing. So that's the first exercise, right? Whether it's your marriage, it's, Hey, I want to go and make more money. It's my career. If I, most of those things are just like the fringe of, of what's going on. So the first thing is just to go out, you know, take a walk. To, I drove a lot, take a drive and just really dig down into what your core is. And like, you know, and until you get like a visceral, like you're almost nauseous, then you know, you kind of got there. Once you have that, then just reverse engineer like, okay, this is what I want. I want to be loved. I want to be this. I want to feel secure. And I want to be happy. I want to provide. Like, these are all the things that I want to do me. Now I just have to reverse engineer how I do that. Right. Well, I need to find the right partner. Right. Or I need to go and start this business, but I, I want to start the business because of, I want to help and impact people. It's, it can't be about money. I just don't, don't believe it. you have to have money. It's, it's a, it's a necessary evil and, and a huge utility, but there's a deeper you have to have a deeper purpose as to what your why is. So I think that's number one recommendation is find out what your why is, but really dig. Don't, don't, cause we can tell ourselves all these lies. Oh, it's really, I just really want to you know, change the fucking earth and save the manatees. Like, what do you really want to do? Why do you want to do that? Um, and most of that's looking back at your past and your childhood. Like you got to look back at it. It's okay. Like sometimes it's ugly and okay. But there's, there's a lot of information that shaped you who you are. And if you fucking ignore that, it's like you skipping the first fucking eight pages, eight, eight chapters in a book. Like it's fucking worthless. You're not, I mean, you, you'll be okay, 
but you're not going to be as well, well, well suited. Then once you have that, focus on that being all that matters. And then anything that gets in the way of that, fucking remove it, right? Whether that's toxic family, toxic friends, whatever, just fucking, I don't believe cutting them out, but you can limit them, right? You got to print them. Hey, listen, I mean, Gavin are cool, but we talk fucking every six months. That's my toast to Gavin, right? You know, that's okay. I don't believe I'm cutting people out because people change and can adapt, but limit it. And then you'll find that those toxic people, if they feel like being limited, they're like, oh, well, let me just really get it in. Or maybe they change and adapt. So do that, but just get started. Whatever your journey is, you've now decided, hey, this is what I want. And this is my why. Just get going. Don't worry about how you're going to get there at fucking all. It doesn't matter how you're going to get there. Because the way you think you're going to get there is not going to be that way. Read my book, right? There's 20 years of, of, of buying, selling companies, starting things. They have a plan for any of it. But it all tied together nicely. But you, you know, it looks nice now, but there's no mathematical equation to get there at first time. So just get started and just try to, you know, course correct when you need to. That's uh that's it. Cause again, we're not promised tomorrow, right? And and just do it. And don't it doesn't matter what people are gonna think about you. Like I, I think I struggled besides um, you know, I can be noble and say I delayed for the kids, which is true the divorce, but I pretty successful guy. I don't fail. And I, I, my marriage with getting a divorce by definition is a fucking failure. It's an L right. And I really want, I really were like, well, fuck. And then we're in a small town, a small community. Wow. And then what about school? I remember having to go to school right after like, it was rumor going there, like, wow, people are going to look at me and like, Oh, how's, how's it going to be? And like, I really struggled with, uh, with that, my therapist is like, Jeremy, no one fucking cares about you. <laughs> and, and like, it's like, sounds rude, but like, and like, she's not saying like, they don't really care because you have people that love you and care, but fucking the neighbor, this person, they don't fucking, they care about their own lives, their own shit. Yeah. They don't care. And it's true. It's yeah. true. It's great, it's great, it's great freedom. Yeah. Great freedom. It, it's hard, but but yeah. it takes, and I get all the things. And I know you, this is like your, your world and what you do. So what we're, we're speaking as this is like, oh yeah, just fucking do it. It's hard, right? It's, it's really hard, but I promise you on the other side, um, listen to my voice, listen to how I'm, how I'm speaking. Like, I'm not like, it's real. I promise you, you are going to be so much happier, but it starts with yourself. You got to be happy with yourself. How has your own why evolved from the very beginning? I'm pretty sure you had a lot of whys there over the process of your life and business. Yeah. Now, I mean, a, a big part of it now is just trying to stay you know, true to that, that, that true North focusing on, you know, what drives me um, in business, which is learning and helping. And, you know, I, I love making money. I love, I love the deal more than the money. Right. But the money is a scorecard. So it's, it's kind of, you know, tangential. Um, and yeah, hopefully you know, have more kids and, you know, just going down that, that, uh, that piece and, and doing these things. Right. I mean, now my coaching has my coaching and, you know, the book and these podcasts have, have offered up me hearing from people that I never would have heard of. Like I, you know, I'm talking to you in, in Ireland. I, I, I did, I did a, a show with someone in, uh, in London, in beautiful, you know, nice lady. And, you know, I'm helping, I'm maybe helping her on her business a little bit and kind of giving some sounding boards, you know, that's cool. And I, that feels good to me, right. When people are, are, are coming in, I can, it's like anything, like if you can do something, like you help, uh, help a client, help, help a guy, like, yeah, you're getting paid as a service, but 
what fucking really matters. You feel like, yeah, it's good to have your, your family taken care of, but feel as good. Like, dude, that guy was fucking struggling me. Right. And you probably celebrate those wins, right? Like you come back like, Hey man, remember when we met a year ago and listen to what you just said, would you have been able to say that a year ago? And they're like, wow, like you, you can't see that. So that's, that's cool for me. Is there one success story that sticks out for you from all these people you've helped? What it looked like? Oh, man, I, I think that I, because I, most of my, my, my day job is fucking business, right? But I think, um, I think the biggest success stories have been theme, and I won't kind of single people out, but, you know, my book is, is a memoir, but it's a, it's a business book. I think I've gotten more interesting, positive feedback from people that I've, I've, I've known 10, 20 years ago or whatever. And they're like, man, just like, thank you for sharing that. Cause like that touched something there. So like, that's more, more the success. So it's, it's le less like I, I can, yes, I can give you probably four guys. Like, yeah, you know, we turned down the, you know, money for his, his business and he ended up, you know, getting, you know, 10 X that like, but that's not the success that I'm judging on. It's more of like, dude, I was really fucked right here, man. And like, I really, this is like changed my entire dynamic. Like those are the things that have touched me more um, that I think that I deem are bigger successes. Does that mm -hmm. make sense? Yeah, it does. Yeah. Do you think your dad would be proud of you today? Oh, come on, dude. You're trying to fucking tear shirt, bro. <laughs> uh, yeah, look, I think so. I think so. Yeah. Is there anything you'd say to him? Uh, I mean, I did. I, I, I said a lot in the book, right? I mean, I think the, the biggest thing I said was, uh, what did I say? I mean, I, I think I, I basically said, I think hopefully, I don't know if I said hopefully I made you proud, but hopefully I did as good a job as you would have. Because mm -hmm. I, I try to I put myself around like, you know, my, my dad was, a, he was the only son and then all girls. and But he stepped into a father role very early. Um, with his sisters. So I think I've, I felt that obligation, not just to my mom, but like to my entire family a little bit. Right. And, and willingly wanting to, to do it. Right. So, you know, I, you know, if, you know, someone in my family needs something or, you know, I remember, you know, a cousin lost her job, no, a cousin, um, had a child with cancer. Right. And, you know, um, you should just focus on that. So I was at a time, my place where I could, you know, take care of, you know, a few months worth of bills for him or like those type of things, like feeling like that provider and not like, like people always coming to me, but like, it feels good when someone can come to you and you can help. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I think they would have, and they would have went to him. Right. Mm -hmm. As they so, go so to was you now. What's that? As they go to you now. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's, that was my, you know, self-assigned kind of role was like, Hey, and, and that's why I said, so the answer question, that's why I said to him, like, I hope I did as good a job as you would have. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think he's been a massive driver for all you've done in your life, hasn't he? Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Jeremy, thank you. <laughs> Thanks, brother. You're right was... there. You're right there. Yeah, man, it was good. No, look, it's yeah. good. It's good questions, man. And I think like, you know, what you're doing to, to help these guys is, is phenomenal because it's true in this, this, I mean, like the, the fucking answers I gave you on this call, I think is a true testament to that level. If you met, you know, 32 year old Jeremy, I'd be like, oh, well, this time we took this company public and it would be very surface stuff. Right. And I think 
that's a component where you can like, you know, you know, we've, you know, we're, you know, a pond away and never met, but hopefully one person that listens to this is really fucking struggling right now. And that's the breakthrough for them to take an action. Right. So that to me, that's the obligation, right? So you've got to put yourself out there to kind of go and do it. So now thanks for asking the tough, tough questions. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it would be a disservice if we didn't yeah. share the knowledge and information and wisdom that we have cultivated over the years. And that's why we do what we do, isn't it? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. To make an impact. So Jeremy, if someone does want to reach out to you, find out more about the work you do, and know you've got a best-selling book without a plan, where can they find all this? Yeah. So the books at Amazon, um, Barnes and Noble, anywhere you kind of get books. And then um, jeremydelk.com is a website. And then I'm Jeremy S. Delk on all socials. Sweet, man. How's the book done? Man, it's good. Like we, you know, I think we had a, we were in Times Square with it uh, uh, on a big billboard uh, a few weeks back. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah. It's uh, a tick the box, right? I wrote the book is one thing. And then I was like, fuck it, this thing doesn't sell. <laughs> like, and again, just a victory piece. Cause like, I, I truly wrote the book for my kids, right? For me telling my story from my lens, right? Cause a lot of things you just don't share. And like, it's cool. You know, I've got business, I've got a business partner in Australia and um, he knew my dad died. But he had no idea the how or the why, how it makes you feel. Cause you wouldn't ask that, right? Cause like just in conversation and we're close friends. I mean, chat a lot, whatever. But when's the time where you really ask that person? It's just hard, right? A friend versus a therapist or a professional that you're kind of going through. So, um, so the, yeah, the, the side positive is actually hit a bestseller. So I can say that uh, about it in, in a little bit of a feather in my cap, but yeah, it's going, going good. But what's been fun is like everyone reading it and, and said, man, I read it in one day. Right. And I don't read, but that's how, that's how much it was. I was like, wow. So okay. there's more than my mom. <laughs> you've, you've, you've sold it to the audience there. So go grab a copy, everyone and check out Jeremy's good work. And uh, yes, we'll catch up when you uh, arrive in Ireland and serve you some good quality Irish whiskey. None of that God. bourbon shite. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take you up on that. And that, and the, it's reciprocal if you come back to the States. Nice one, man. Good stuff. Thank you, Jeremy. Cheers, brother. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Modern Warrior Podcast. If this episode has added value to your life, please share this episode on your social media platforms so that others too can gain the insight, information, and inspiration that they need in order to move forward in their lives. For the time being, stay strong and keep fighting the good fight.